Today I'm going to speak to you about why you need to travel right now and why it is important for your own spiritual growth. Traveling has been an important part of my life, especially my adult life. I've always traveled. I love traveling. If I'm not traveling, I get itchy feet. And I always had this feeling, even when I was a child, when mum and dad would take me somewhere to another new place, it just gave me this, this feeling of excitement, like I was just stoked to go somewhere else and to learn something new, to see how people were in that particular location. It just, it fascinated me. And I'm talking about, I was only in the Australia at that time. So once I started traveling to Asia, to all of these exotic cultures and these wonderful places, it truly opened my eyes up. So there's actually a spirituality to travel that people don't quite understand. And this is probably one area where I disagree with Lao Tzu on because Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching, he, he said, it's best to stay close to your home, stay, stay close to where you live and don't worry about what's going on out in the world. And this can be seen one or two ways. You can see that literally, which I, you know, I'm being cute here. I'm seeing that literally just to build context for this episode. But at the same time, what Lao Tzu is more pointing towards is like, you know, how people use Instagram and all of these silly social media networks where, you know, people are looking at other people's lives and they're comparing their own lives to their life. And, you know, people get depressed and sad because they believe this illusion that's being portrayed on social media. That's a whole other story. But if we look at Lao Tzu's perspective that we actually shouldn't travel, then I don't agree with him, even though he truly didn't mean that. There are so many benefits to traveling. Now, when people say to me they don't want to travel, I kind of feel like, why, why don't you want to travel? Like, why is it not important to see the world? And, you know, because I'm a writer and, and a teacher, and I speak to a lot of people who are into spirituality, especially, a lot of people sometimes claim to me, oh, I don't need to go anywhere, I'm above that. And, you know, I just feel, in a sense, sorry for those sorts of people because you're not really living, you're not just having fun. Spirituality, you have to remember, is also about having fun, about experiencing a lot of things in life because you have realized that you are life, you are a part of life. And this is why traveling is important because you understand that you are life and a part of life. So you want to move with life and, and experience all of the wonder and beauty that this world has to offer. And a lot of people think that this world doesn't have anything to offer because they watch too much TV or they watch the news or they on social media feeds looking at all this negativity. But I can tell you what, there's a lot of amazing things out in the world that you just don't know about. And when I mean travel, I mean extensively travel. Some people say to me, I, I, I go on a holiday twice a year for a week or two. And they think that this is actually traveling. Oh, I went to Sri Lanka for a week. It was great. And you think, no, that's, it's a week. When I say travel, I mean drop off the map, get out there and stay in those cultures for a long time and do the work. 
and understand the people in that area, understand the cognition, understand why a lot of these traditions came from these amazing places. My wife and I, I mean, we are always traveling. We, but when we travel, that's it, we're gone. We're gone for years. We're gone for six months at least. Like if we go to Tiruvannamalai or we go to Bodh Gaya or we go to Kathmandu or Pokhara or Chiang Mai, you know, all of these amazing places, then we're gone. You won't see us. And in doing so, when you are in a location for that time, as I said, you start to understand the people better. You, you start to see the similarities we have with each other all around the world, but you also see the differences, especially in thinking and cognitive style, which is what makes Western and Eastern culture very distinctive and unique because there are these two different cognitive styles. But when you do travel, and I mean travel, I mean like getting on the road and that, that's it, I'm gone, at least a year, then you start to grow from all of these experiences, all of these experiences you have, whether you perceive them as negative or positive, they are building your character and also opening your eyes to a greater reality that you couldn't see when you were hiding within your comfort zones. And what I'm telling you right now is nothing new. This is uh, an ancient perspective that the ancient yogis used to live by. And it's actually kind of a principle if you're a yogi, even a modern yogi, is that you live your life in a flow, in a state where you're never stuck in one place. And yogis have a specific reason for doing this. The reason they do this is because they understand that if you stay in a location for too long, you become the environment. Because in a sense, we are a product of the environment. So when you stay in a location for too long, whether you want to believe it or not, you start to subtly pick up the habits and tendencies, the vasanas of that location. And this kind of holds you back from being the true and authentic version of yourself, which is beneath all of that cultural wrapping. So the yogi is focused on continually moving with life and not being stationary, not being stuck, because they understand once you begin to stay in one location, you begin to stagnate. Like they use water as an analogy, and actually in Taoism they use this analogy as well. When the water uh, ceases to flow, it, what happens to water? It begins to become murky and stagnate, and it's not a very pleasant scene. But when the water is continually flowing, the water is very clean, very crisp, and it's not toxic. It's very vibrant, very clear, very transparent, and it's moving effortlessly with the world. So we all have a great opportunity in the modern world, especially with modern travel, to all be a modern version of a yogi. You might not want to go to the extent that a yogi lives their life. You might not want to just live in the jungle, but you have uh, an opportunity to be kind of a, a modern yogi, so to speak, and travel the world. And as I said, when mentioning the yogic mind, is that this will have a profound effect on your psyche and your understanding of the world and your position in it and why all of those things that were blocking you from being your true and authentic self 
are part of your own cultural programming. So when we start to understand the spirituality of travel and we embark on this journey, we begin to go through the process of cultural deprogramming. And this is why Terence McKenna once said, you should just drop yourself in somewhere like Ghana. And what this does is, drop yourself there for a long time, he said. And what this does is, is it just begins to almost like rewrite your, your hardware, your disk in your brain, just begins to flip your brain right around and then you begin to see the world from a completely different perspective and which only contributes to a more peaceful, vibrant and understanding individual, which you naturally are, but this process of travel begins to reveal it. So when we engage in this extensive travel, we begin to break down our conditioning. And when I say conditioning, I mean all of our conditioning. And a lot of people who travel, they go around believing that they are their nation, their religion, their political party, and all of these certain labels. But once they start traveling, they realize that, holy, like these things begin to evaporate because they mean nothing to the places they travel. And they actually have no use anymore. And I see this a lot because I travel, I bump into a lot of people and I bump into a lot of Americans, for example, a lot of Americans, whether you know this or not, are very nationalistic people and they try to uphold their American attitude and their American way of life, even, even if they go to Bangladesh and it doesn't work. And sometimes if you're a hard nut to crack, it'll take a while to crack, but you'll eventually crack because that sort of attitude just doesn't work in those places. You have to start to become your true self without all of these labels that you associate as being who you are. When this conditioning begins to break down, you begin to deal with the reality with a much more fresh perspective of life, a much more clear perspective where you see reality kind of just as it is as opposed to through the lens of your conditioning through the way that you think it should be. So when you travel, you are actually forced to deal with this new reality. And if you want to fight it, then you, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. You know, I've been in places in India when I was a lot younger and when I didn't know half the things I'm speaking to you about today. And I tried to fight the reality that, I, that was in front of me. And what happened? It's just, you hit a brick wall, it goes nowhere because those old Australian habits, those old Australian tendencies, those old, that old Australian perspective means nothing in a place like Varanasi in India, it means nothing. You gotta look at the world with fresh eyes and you gotta get out of that conditioning quick smart. And at the time I didn't know this, but this was actually beneficial for me, even though I was fighting that reality. But what this was doing on the inside, it, it was transforming myself, especially to have more acceptance, understanding, and just a realization that I was none of those labels I associated to myself. And also that I can see the world without those and be happy in doing so and, and not be afraid to encounter the world like that and just accept the way the world is and move with it in the same way that a yogi does. So when the old programming doesn't work, you have to start to encounter life with how it truly is, as opposed to how you think it should be according to your own conditioning. And the irony is here that, especially if we look at it from an Eastern spirituality perspective, especially if we look at it from like, say for example, like from, from someone like Zhuangzi or Lao Tzu or someone like that, is that 
When logic fails, when logic fails, life actually begins. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. And when we first go traveling, when, like, as, I, as I used myself as an example, when I first went traveling, all of my logical conclusions about how life is and my rational view of how life is went out the window quick smart because life had a different reality there for me. My logic didn't hold up. And so this is what happens to our mind when we start to travel is that logic doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean nothing when you travel because life is having its way with you. So it is ironic that when you travel, when all logic fails, when all of your rationality fails, this is actually when life begins and you just don't know it. You just don't know it yet that life is only just beginning when your logic and your perspective of how life should be fails. And when life begins, the irony is that because you're moving with life, you're traveling the world, you're moving with life, you're encountering all of these wonderful cultures and you're seeing them for what they are, you become more creative, more intuitive, you feel more from the heart, your eyes see the world more purely. And this is why the yogis emphasize that we need to do this. So you also begin to deal with spontaneity because you're starting to understand, because you're moving with life, you understand that life is naturally of itself. It's spontaneous, zitran. This is how life actually is, but our logic gets in the way. And this is the great thing about travel because when you start traveling, you start to encounter and deal with spontaneity. And this is evoking the natural side of yourself. As I said, the more creative, the more intuitive, the more heartfelt aspect of yourself, which is actually a true self if we're to use it, uh, Eastern terminology. And this is what's wonderful because you are dealing with spontaneity. You, you really begin to have a feeling of freedom within yourself and within your mind because you're out of that sort of prefrontal cortex analytical logical perspective or logical function of your mind and you're starting to encounter spontaneity and move with it and dance in a sense like Shiva Nataraj and this is what's ironic because you begin to move like the dancing Shiva you begin to follow the Tao begin to flow with the world it's in losing control that you become natural. In losing control, you actually become natural. And a lot of us, you know, especially those who practice Zen and those who follow Taoism as well, everyone's trying to become natural. And it's kind of a paradox in those certain spiritual paths because there's the paradox of, you know, how do we become natural by trying to become natural, trying to be spontaneous and, and traveling actually takes that sort of headache out of, out of the equation for you because when you start to travel, life just works it out for you. And maybe this was how it was for the ancient Taoists and the ancient Zen Buddhists, as opposed to the more modern version where it's more monastic and, and more strict with discipline. Maybe back in the day, it was more about, you know, like a yogi, moving through the world and and you know encountering the world spontaneously which is having a deep psychological effect on you and it's actually starting to transform your mind to be spontaneous as well so in traveling you begin to rewire your brain back 
into its nature. Our mind naturally, especially if we understand cognitive science, the hot cognition is naturally spontaneous. We're naturally intuitive, naturally creative. We're naturally heartfelt. We naturally feel things. We actually naturally feel the world. And we're not so wrapped up in our own sense of personhood. And so when we travel, this is what's happening. We're beginning to rewire our mind. And it's funny because when you do travel extensively, and I mean for years, I mean for years here people, I don't mean a holiday, when you begin to travel extensively and experience all of these wonderful cultures, when you go back to that so-called familiar environment that you are from, you are completely different and you see that world differently, which is, it's, it's ironic because that world hasn't changed, but you've changed dramatically. <laughs> And you know, a good story, a really funny story is when, when my wife went back to Korea once and she's Korean and she'd been living in India for years. You know, she was doing volunteer work, traveling by herself, doing all of these things. And when she went back, she, you know, she saw Korea and she saw it for what it is and all of this nationalism and all of this sort of nonsense. And I don't know the context of the conversation, but her dad, she was mentioning something from her new perspective which had been cleansed of all of this cultural hypnosis and her dad said to, to her oh you've drank the wrong water <laughs> and so and most people who travel extensively experience this and and um i've experienced it back in australia here you know problems with family and so forth and so on where they just can't understand your new perspective on life they can't understand why you're interested in deeper things in reality instead of superficial things and so when you do travel extensively you will change but the environment that you were from it won't change and and this gives you kind of a, in a sense an it factor and and i always say this to people there's and a lot of people don't understand this is that you, travelers, in a sense, extensive travelers can sense someone who travels a lot. There's something about the psychology of this person that is different to a person who is stationary in their familiar environment. And I always say this to people that, yeah, I, you know, there's just something else about someone who extensively travels. And those who don't travel just don't understand it. They just don't, they just don't get it. And, and it's why when you see uh, ardent travelers when they you know when they encounter each other they could talk for hours or years and there's a very loose in a sense not stiff personality about these people because they've experienced so much of life that that old self that they used to be doesn't really matter or even it never really existed actually to be honest with you and so there's actually a science to this to be honest there's a science to this there's a science to this this spirituality of traveling this ancient mentality of the yogi there's a science to this there's a science why a traveler has a different presence than other people and you know if we're to use for example the left and right hemispheres of the brain if you believe that sort of science then you know the left part of the brain is, is all to do with logic rationality system structure and this is what we mainly train and educate through education and through our social and cultural structures you could also equate this to the cold cognition in the prefrontal cortex which is the analytical logical this and that function of our mind 
And that's what's usually trained and cultivated within society culture and especially through our years in education. And what begins to happen when you travel is that part of your mind, that part of your brain begins to break down because all of those old systems don't matter in the new reality that you are experiencing. So all of the logic and rationality, the structure, the cultural hypnosis that you have, the social principles that you usually live by, all gone, thrown out the window. And what this does is it, it sort of, it begins to decrease or downregulate that part of your mind and begins to bring you back into resonance with that more natural function of your mind. If we're, used to, if, if we're going to use the left and right hemisphere, the right hemisphere being more of the intuitive, artistic, creative, heartfelt, the spontaneous aspect of your brain, or we could say the, to use cognitive science terms, the hot cognitive, the hot cognition, which is the same, which is the creative, artistic, intuitive, spontaneous function of our mind, which is the natural part of our mind, which is where we actually operate from most of the time, whether you want to believe it or not. You know, you don't have to think about opening and closing your hand. This is hot cognition. And this is what you come back into resonance with when you travel. This is the science of travel, where you're getting out of that conditioning which we have within the prefrontal cortex and we get back more into the hot cognition and just experience reality for what it is. We begin to experience the spontaneity of life and we begin to move with it and, and understand and learn how to respond to that spontaneity. But you know the irony is we spontaneously begin to react to that spontaneity in a very precise manner. This is one of the core principles in Zen. Zen, to have a Zen mind, is the ability to react to spontaneity in a precise manner, in a way that is naturally right. And so this is the science of travel, so of getting out of that conditioning. And this is why we all need to travel. There is an actual scientific basis to this. It's not just me flim-flamming on a YouTube video. There's actually a scientific basis to this. And it's something that we actually, we don't even need science to validate that. We also have to take the great yogis of the past, of the ancient times and of the modern era, we have to take them seriously and, and listen to them and listen to why they are emphasizing us to just move with life as opposed to just being stationary in a location that we feel familiar with. So when we understand the great yogis, when we understand all of this new science of travel, and after understanding that, when we begin to travel, we begin to actually free our mind. Our mind becomes free. Your mind is not stuck in a sense. You know, talk, they talk about this in Zen Buddhism a lot, about the stuck mind, the mind that is stuck. In a, it, it's, it's not free, it's not liberated from a certain way of seeing the world. The perception is stuck in being a person and stuck in a way of perceiving the world. And so what travel does, and as I explained through the yogi in a scientific perspective, is it begins to loosen that grip that the prefrontal cortex has on the mind, begins to downregulate, and you begin to see the world as it is. You become very effortless 
And in some sense, especially from a Taoist perspective, this is in some sense the enlightened mind. This effortless and enlightened mind relates to the Japanese word unsue, which can be translated as cloud and water. And why it can be related to that is because unsue in this context means to drift like a cloud and flow like water. And that's the nature of our mind is to drift like a cloud and flow like water. This is the nature of ourselves. This is the spontaneous nature of who we truly are. But we have forgot that because we live in a world now where we are born in a location and most people will probably die close to that location or live there, their, live in that location their whole life. And to be honest, this is really a new perspective on life. In the old days, in the ancient times, we moved around a lot. And I mean a lot we moved. Human beings are natural explorers. And we need to come back into resonance with that natural explorer within ourselves because that will begin to free your mind from the person you believe you are, which is holding you back from being all that you should be. So people, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Traveling is one of my favorite subjects and I wanted to give you a different perspective on why you should travel and why it is important that you travel right now and hopefully I'll see you somewhere soon. If you pop into India, you'll likely see me. <laughs> maybe Nepal, maybe Thailand, maybe Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, likely in one of those locations, people. So hit the like button if you dig it, make sure you hit it, hit it hard and also hit that little bell notification. There'll be plenty more Enlightenment Today episodes coming soon. And leave a comment. Tell me some of your traveling experiences uh, and speak to me if, if you're a bit apprehensive about traveling and, and I may be able to respond. And so just get on the road, just do it. Don't be afraid, don't let anyone hold you back. You know, when I first left uh, my hometown, one of my friends said to me, you'll be back. Haven't been back in 20 years. <laughs> So make sure you get on the road. Never look back and just keep looking forward and spontaneously experience the beauty and wonder of the world, people. Shanti, shanti, shanti. Mm -hmm.